Hey guys, we wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about our recent partnership with the Amazing Bones Coffee Company. Let's face it, you're probably sick and tired of drinking that old plain Jane coffee brand every morning. Well, fret not, dear listener. Bones Coffee is here to kick your taste buds into high gear. Bones Coffee has a wide variety of flavors to choose from, including maple bacon, peaches and spring, island grog, and my personal favorite, chocolate raspberry. Once you become hooked on the coffee, you'll be excited to learn that they have plenty of merch options to choose from as well. T-shirts, mugs, tote bags, the list goes on. You can buy their coffee in Holbein, Ground, and even Evil Single Serve options. Guys, we wouldn't lie to you. This coffee is great, and we know that you're going to love it too, which is why we have partnered up with Bones Coffee, and now our listeners have an exclusive discount code. Make sure to use the code MUSICSPEAKS at checkout for 10% off your order. That's right, James. Go to BonesCoffee.com to kickstart your new coffee addiction and use the code MUSICSPEAKS for 10% off today. Like many of you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And lacks oversight, uh, which allowed him to for consistent writing and improving. At this time of the recording, he has six full-length albums, eight singles, and one compilation album. We welcome you to the show, Chad. What's, what's going on, man? Thank you very much. That was I forgot how much I wrote in my autobiography. <laughs> right, yeah, because it was, it, I mean, to, to be fair, it's more than just one page. I will oh, say yeah. That. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, I didn't expect you to read as much as you read <laughs> but that's great because um you, you you broke down from like years of what you did for that year and that's so great you know you, you i i hardly see anybody doing that nowadays yeah i uh that's what i was gonna say before we started recording that i have taken the time to make myself consumable right and that's great that's great for me it's great for you yep you know yep because uh there's no time like like uh there's I don't like to waste time or, or other people's time. You know, I just want to get on the ball and do what I have to do. And, and I'm sure you do the same thing too. Yep. You know, easy. Yep, easy. exactly. Yeah. Time is money. That's right. That's right. And yeah. So, uh, so let's go back to, uh, you, you're growing up, um, in the bio, it said that, um, your mother, um, was a huge fan of music and she had a huge vinyl collection. I love her for that because because I don't know if you can see it, but I got a huge vinyl collection my, myself too. I can um, see. So. Yeah. So what? So what? What? Uh, what music did you, did your mom like that turned you on to music? She. So there was a combination of like her older classic records and whatever was on the radio at, you know, early nine early nineties. I remember Billy Joel "River of Dreams" was a song that stuck out. And interesting, I'm just putting this together. So River of Dreams and Michael Jackson's Will You Be There mm. sonically are very similar now that I'm thinking about it. So that was another song in that era, Michael Jackson, Will You Be There. Right. Um, those are like the biggest sticking points. And then a couple so I remember she told me I was singing along in daycare to a song that the teachers were like, what the, how does this kid know this song? <laughs> it's like, and my mom was like, how does he know that? I, he must have picked it up from the radio. And we're, I was like two or three, right. three or four, singing this song that's on the radio. And it just, I guess that was like a surprise to people. Yeah. Um, but it's whatever was on the radio really was what was being influenced. And, and I mean, I like to say that she had good taste. I mean, she did and does have good taste. That's That was all genres. There wasn't any real rap or R&B in my house. I mean, I'm a white family. Right. I learned about rap and R&B a little bit later. I feel like I missed out a little bit on that era. Um, but, yeah, she gave me the rock, classic rock and pop foundation. Yeah. Yeah, you sound like like, like my life because my, uh, my parents raised me up on country music, and that's, like, my favorite genre ever. Um, and then, you know, metal and then pop and whatnot. But, uh... Yeah, it, it was played throughout the car just like your mother did. And uh, I, I don't think that I wouldn't be w where I am today without them and their taste in music because my mom loved 
Elvis and my dad loves Creedence Clearwater, so I think I got to miss mm. both worlds, you know? Yeah, so I think I got to miss both worlds just like you did, you know? Yes, um, agreed. So when you said you got into rap later in life, what was your first uh, artist that you uh, known of? Mine was Vanilla Ice, you know? Okay. That, that, and, I, and I'm not ashamed to say that it's Vanilla Ice. Stole the show, you know, and then yeah. she never came along. And the fat boy is like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah." Nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, I think the the artist that stands out, maybe not the first I ever heard, but the artist that stands out is Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, the Carter Three. Yes, Lollipop, not not a human being, or Et or whatever. Et, not not a human being. That's a different song. But like the whole Carter Three era, when when Lil Wayne's best era. Sorry, Wayne, but <laughs> like the his best pop era because it was pop right. well, yeah. it, was just, yeah. it was rap pop I that was like when I fell in love with 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 Rick Ross was getting big around that era T.I. like all and I had a subwoofer in my little uh, MX6 Mazda um, I had a subwoofer I loved bass once I discovered like bass physically like what it feels like and like having it in the trunk and that rap music was like the only real way to get that like the 808 that's what drew me, I think, to rap the beats. I I don't. As a kid, I understood there was. I had a little bit of a, like a moral issue with a lot of what was starting to come out of rap because it didn't start that way. Um, but that's where we'll get to a little bit later. Yeah. Like the whole problem with what I rap um, <laughs> nowadays. And then, so I didn't really didn't really bother me. I don't listen to much rap anymore because I can't deal with the lyrics. But sonically, hip hop and hip hop and rap beats are. In present in almost all of my music, right? Because okay, so yeah, because I kind of get there when uh, okay, so uh, I'm gonna take what my favorite song that uh, that uh, I have of yours is it's Boomerang. Yep, that song is so fun, man. I can't, I, 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 I couldn't stop listening to it for you know, thank you for the life of me, and I want to dive deep in that one later on, okay? But, but I totally agree with you on the rap nowadays because the rap is like, um. More like a, I, I would have to believe it's more about t- like just cussing yep. out everywhere and I say drug sex, drug sex and, and alcohol, and, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. and money, money. It money. all comes down to money. You get money with sex. You get sex by money. You get women with money. You get drugs with money. You get all this with money. Right. Yeah. But uh, I know like why. Okay, so. Rap is basically, from my from my standpoint, or from what I'm hearing. And let let's just clarify that we're talking about for the listeners. We're talking about current rap and where it's come from its inception, which was totally different than where it is now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So from my perspective of rap, it's like it's like they talk about what's going on in in their life, what they see, what they hear. You know. Right. I, I'm. I, I mean, it's yeah. like the, I, I which mean, is different like, than what we lived, right. different than our life. Yes, yes, because we yeah. have no idea, you know, because the gangs. I don't know anything about that. You know, all I hear is the gang, the gang life from my friend, um, and friends. I, I would say because that's not a you know easy place to be in, but um, yeah, it's it's something like like because um, the very first few rap songs that came out started to come out like Sugar Hill Gang and uh, and uh. Uh, yeah. I mean, they they were all pretty much positive, you know. From, yes, from, from, from like, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure what year it transitioned over to, you know, drugs and and all, and all the stuff that we we don't, you know. I don't know. I have a I have a theory that. I mean, it was happening in the like the Lil Wayne era. It was happening, right? It was starting to happen then in the in the two thousand in the aughts. But then in I, my theory. And is that as soon as Future and Migos got on the top of the charts, that's when it was over. Right. When mumble rap became a thing that was making money, and it's like all the white, you know, the black community listened, but it was the white kids that ate it up. Yeah, because right. it was even more like I like everybody in my graduating class knows all the lyrics to Big Papa. <laughs> I don't really, I don't know all the lyrics, but like there's a there's a little bit of an issue with these white kids singing this music, singing these songs that are about real terrible things in people's lives and now that's just like it's never been addressed and now it's gotten out I feel like it's gotten out of hand it's not just white kids but in general the audience now because of how desensitized we were from the beginning 
now the music that's up here happening right now like when future and and migos and that whole mumble rap when mumble rap like hijacked <laughs> trap because trap i have a trap basis in edm trap for me came from edm and once they got once it got onto that platform mumble rap mainstream that's when i think the down the the, dec- the decadence started yeah. of rap of rap the rap genre became soundcloud rap crap rap it became something else right oh yeah yeah because i think it because i think it changed from i want to say in 2010 is where yep. social yep. media came out and like everything was done like we focus more so about ourselves than other people you know nowadays you know because of social media Mm. And I just think that needs to take a turn and go right back to the 80s or 90s when everybody cared about each other. Yeah, you're right. Me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so um, yeah, bumble rap is is a weird thing because you have like little pump, um, little Zon. I'm like, come on, dude, you got to Come on, what are you doing? Snoop Dogg did. Uh, I guess I I guess he saw the video where Snoop Dogg was making fun of bumble rap. Yes. Like this, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not. And he was making fun of it. That right. was, and that was great. Yeah. And I, see. Yeah, and I guess mumble rap calmed down because I haven't heard much from mumble rap and ever, you know. So. Well, it's interesting that I feel like it hasn't. You know, the 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 spot on Spotify, it's worse than ever. It's not really mumble rap, but it's it's SoundCloud rap, it's backpack rap, it's it's like bedroom rap. It's just kids recording whatever they can. And putting it out, it's right. like it's it has just become like mumble rap has just become all of rap. Yes, on the in the mainstream. Yes, right. Yeah. But for you, you t- you 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 take inspiration from from like older old school rappers, right? Old school hip hop, rap. I mean, well, honestly, transparently, my inspiration isn't really from the original rap era. I respect it and I understand it. Yeah. But I my my hip-hop influence is from the late 2000s to the early 2010s the edm hip-hop the trap that that kind of like came out of edm that is my foundation sonically gotcha uh, yeah. futuristic rap beats all good stuff you know because sometimes those, those things are bumping too you know oh so yeah. I, I like them a lot um boom bap basically <laughs> right right so um so following the path that that many youngsters have when they start growing up, you know, I, you know, cause I went through a couple of phases, you know, I, I wanted to be like a race car driver, this and that and whatever. But at the age of five, um, you said that you automatically wanted to do a uh, music career and be a rock star. Right. Um, but you had other, uh, um, according to your bio, you said you wanted to do, um, acting, correct? So yes, what for was, those listening? <laughs> okay, so what was it about uh, acting that you wanted to um, uh, go go after? You know, um, that's a great question. So I did theater, theater specifically theater camp for my entire childhood, second grade through twelfth grade, and one year after. Singing, acting, dancing was everything. And acting was just some acting. I didn't, I didn't get a ton of encouragement, or allow maybe a ton of encouragement, or allow myself to be encouraged to sing. I don't know why, but there was something there that was blocking. And maybe I didn't feel like I was good enough, or maybe I think, oh my god, this is actually a good, this is a good, because I've been in therapy for the whole year, and like a lot of epiphanies have been coming to me about my life. <laughs> right. So I was I I tried out for a choir from the same group, the same company that did the camp. Shout out Theater and Kids. I mean, I love you. I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience, but they were amazing. Theater and Kids in Lansdale. They denied me for the children's choir. One time I, in third grade, I think it was third grade, I auditioned and I got rejected. I wasn't good enough probably, or my voice was too low. I don't remember which it was, but I'm now remembering that that probably was like, well, you can't sing, Chad, so just don't even try. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. So that's yeah. why I probably defaulted back to acting, mm-hmm. and I did that up until high school. I, like, really focused on that. And dancing, because dancing dancing was, like, I didn't need any help. I obviously took classes <laughs> yeah. and I got better, but dancing was, like, n- innate right. since I was two. 
and then and then acting I I don't really know I didn't I never loved acting I'm thinking about it now and I'm like I, I can't even answer your question because I never really loved it <laughs> it was part of my growth in performing I like performing mm. acting in another character didn't I didn't I guess I, I didn't really like it I'm me right I, I want to be me well, from what I look at it, it's like uh, acting is the, is a is a different is a whole different um way of performing other than musically, you know. Oh yeah. Because musically, you're you right there with the crowd, you see the faces, you get it's the reaction. Acting is not uh, 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 unless you acting like a Broadway play or something, you see you see their faces. Right, right. But uh, most of the time, you aspire to be like a movie actor, and you don't see that one on one reaction right away. Right, and I love that. Yes, I love yes. every act. The, the connection, the live connection, is something that I love and is part of my thing, which I think has been a problem, been a problem with the industry. Like the live, if we can talk about it later, but yeah. that's some another part of like what thing makes me different in terms of like pop. In terms of, I'll leave it there. Okay. The, the, the live <laughs> yeah. connection is the live connection is is important I think has gotten left out I thought is trailing I'm gonna stop but yeah that's fine that's fine no no I mean I, I, I mean you, you can go on for hours like you know because <laughs> we love you and uh you know we we hope that everybody speaks out their their voice uh just as much as you are right now but um yeah okay so you mentioned about industry you know so why industry, don't we yeah. yes yes so why don't we dive deep into that one because yes so, please <laughs> I've been doing this. Um, me and my co-host Blake has been doing this for almost three years. Next month, okay. Congrats! Thank you, thank you, sir. So more and more, as I interview musicians, the more and more I hear them saying, "I'm done with big labels. I need to move on to independently or start my own, own company." Like like Nine Point, Nine Point, the biggest band, the, one of the biggest bands, made their own record label, you know, and they did whatever they want. Nine point? Non point. N O N T. Non point? point? Are they metal? Yes. They are. Okay. They're kind of like like rock metal. And okay. then and then shortly Slipknot did the same thing. You know, they they're out of their road running contract. They're making their own records now under their own label. I'm gonna open up to, open it up, up to you, uh, about the industry and what you saw with your own eyes or or did not see, you know. <laughs> Wow, where to start? I, I can tell this is going to be good. <laughs> so I, in 2011, I did my first round of recording. I had a full-length album produced by the spin, the guitarist from the Spin Doctors, Anthony Kryzan. Oh, nice. Yeah, he did. He helped me. He co-produced. He produced. I brought demos, so but he produced. So I produced a little bit, but he produced it. And... I got a song Life is a Ride called Life is a Ride which was a local you know locally people liked it people that I knew people that were directly connected to me knew it and liked it like over a period of a couple years and I was headed on the path of like of label looking for a label looking to get signed looking to get signed looking to get signed because that's it was this was 2011 so we're still we're like post Napster and we're like just getting iTunes but we're pre Spotify right really coming still making CDs but like in this very weird weird place of the industry and I wanted a label right I wanted that I wanted a label up until three or four years ago maybe even two years ago and I'm honestly like considering maybe <laughs> moving forward maybe for a different reason but the <laughs> the label thing is different than the industry morality thing which is what I'll talk about too but labels or you know you don't I basically I am my label I just don't the labels have the exposure and the marketing budget and it, that's yeah, the one yeah. thing that I want that I, that people don't realize like yes you can do everything yourself right but do you have fifty thousand hundred thousand dollars a million dollars to market it right nobody that's does. a thing yeah, yeah. that's a thing that people that they leave out when people when gurus and marketing consultants and just people in the industry are talking about independent existence. They forget, they leave out, the marketing is the most expensive part. It is the most expensive part of the music business. That's my, I'm pretty sure it's true. Like they, you'll spend, you can make an album for 100K. You can make an album for, for 10K if you want. Right. 
Right. But you need to spend half a million dollars to get it to global to on the chart. Like you need that much money to get it out on major label levels. Yeah. Now I'm challenging that. I'm trying to do my own thing with my own budget, but you have to spend money no matter what. So like that's one thing with the in that that don't get it twisted. If you're trying to go indie, you need to make sure that you have you have a budget. You just you, you can't just make it's not if you build it they will come that doesn't exist anymore. Although if you do you build your audience, if you build a following on social media, yes, that's that's building it. But if you just build the music, it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. The other thing is social media, right? So I have yeah. been trying to like gain a following for the, since social media started. I haven't been able to do it. I haven't gone viral. Um, I used to be really discouraged by that, but I also didn't have my stuff together in the way, excuse me, in the way that I really, I didn't have a brand together. I had the music, I had the talent, but I didn't have a brand. And now I have a brand, the Pop for Good brand. Yes. yes. Is going to be it's like an era, but it's also going to be my like I think my my whole life brand, right? Um, the, the the protector brand of that I'm here to protect the sanctity of music that has been lost in the industry. So yeah, we're segueing into my mission and changing things. So talking about how rap came in and gobbled up the mainstream with its desensitized glamorizing of darkness and. There is a place for darkness. I always say this when I talk about what I'm doing because I'm not saying you're like, that's bad. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying the amount of it is wrong. The uh, the exposure and overrunning of the industry of it is wrong. The, the, there's, there's no balance. The, it's all darkness at the top right now. That's what I'm fighting against. That's what I'm trying to spark in other people and in the industry and be like, and I just came up with these, this way to say it is that pop for good is a genre, a mission and a movement. It's a genre in that, um, any, so it's, it's like pop for good is not artists. It's by song. So I have, most of my songs are pop for good. Some of them aren't artists can have songs that are pop for good but they themselves don't have to necessarily be that i'm trying to be really careful in my, as i'm coming out with this to not piss off people i don't need to piss off right. i'm gonna piss people <laughs> off and i'm okay with that right but i'm trying to make sure that i'm sensitive to the whole the reality that you can't expect one person to be an angel 100 percent of the time myself included so pop for good is a genre and that it's it's what's the it's like it's pop music whatever's popular the sound whatever sound sonically is popular right now that's the sound but the that's the pop part but the for good is are you helping or are you hurting are you i actually saw a reel going around instagram just a few days ago of prince being asked do you feel responsible as an artist and he said absolutely they asked him do you feel like other artists are responsible and he said no and that's very much true. And that's, it's, I think the irresponsible artist, which is really the label's job because the artist is just an employee, right? the label needs to be held morally accountable. And we have stopped holding the media in general morally accountable, morally responsible for what is going out. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my early 30s now, so I can talk about the kids because they're, as they're kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, the sh can I curse? Uh, yeah, yeah, play, play the fly here. <laughs> like that. How are we okay? How how did we get to the place where we're okay with what we hear and we complain about it, but we let our kids listen to it? How? Because I know that most parents listen, but they have given up trying to control their kids. We're talking the iPad generation, where they have given up trying to filter and monitor what their kids get and assume that like all the parental controls are going to work and whatever. But that, that that's not enough. Like, we what, what what? How did we get here? I mean, I know how we got here, but like, I'm trying to fix getting out of it. Like, right. like let's bring the morals back to the mainstream media. Yeah, I think you and I are. Uh, my brand and your brand is like almost like spitting them to each other because I want to bring out more light than darkness, just like you do. You know. And I can understand how it got out because of we we just said it before, social media. You know, I mean, yes, yeah. yes, you yep. are a parent, but 
like no you can't be around your kids twenty four seven like like in the good old days, like the nineties or or the early two thousand. Um and I don't know why parents now are, are uh, being um like I know they hear the same thing that their children are hearing and I guess they're okay with it but should not be okay with it, you know. Because I don't want to hear Cardi B talking about her tits and ass. I mean... WAP, like, yeah, yeah. scared me. Right, right. It's, it came up through the news, and it's like, is this okay? And then the next day, the conversation was over. That yeah. conversation needs to keep happening every day because it's not okay. Right. It's not okay to be out in the way that it is. It's, it's perfectly fine as art. It's perfectly fine to exist, right? But it, the way that they're forcing it in front of vulnerable people of all ages malleable minds influence influence easily influenced individuals yeah that is a scourge like on society right. and it's just a money making thing it's we're so desensitized that's the other thing that i mean i knew this i felt this way for a long time we most the mass the masses think the media and and mainstream stuff that's on tv and on the radio is separate from the real world we think that murder on tv sex on tv sex in movies drugs in movies is 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 fantasy and entertainment and not real right if it's not happening in my in my living room i can watch it and enjoy the entertainment and then turn it off and it doesn't exist right yeah. i think that's a huge and just like music i can play this song i can and then i'm, I'm going on a tangent a little bit here there's a there's a movement happening to to ban courts. We're getting real technical and deep here. There's a movement happening to ban to prevent judicial system from using lyrics as evidence. I and it's coming out of rap music that they talk about. I killed this guy. That's where it's specifically coming from. Like I kill. I busted a cap in his ass. Whatever. Like right. that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. One. I'm 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 perplexed at how much support there is for this. Yeah. So I I totally understand racial profiling as a problem, but that lyrics are real. Like they're they're not, they're com they're going even further away from where I'm trying to keep us, where we're trying to keep us in re in reality. Like lyrics are reality. They are not a fantasy. Right. It is n it is not. It is not a Netflix show, like a Netflix blatant. It's not a cartoon. Let me put it that yeah, way. Right, right. It's not a cartoon. That's that, that's better. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, and it's also with the uh, I guess his name is Little Nas X. You know, he is. Yes. Having a. Yeah. Having I've, a, we can talk I about mean, him. I got I, mean, I got an opinion yeah, on him. Yeah, Go sure. ahead. Yeah, you know, well, 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 I was gonna bring up the um, that one video that he he's, he's having Princess PG. Relations with the devil. Oh like, yeah. What? Come on, and he and he came up with a. With you talking a, about the the music video that yeah. got uh, that got criticized? Yeah. Yeah, but everything that every, everybody now thinks that's that's like the wonderful thing. And, and see, we get more further away from God, and not you know, and more they want to program us to be, I guess, near Satan, and that's not you know, good for me. I don't know about you, because you know, I don't want to. Speak up for you, but but for me that's not that's not okay, you know. Yeah, and if we can use the terms God and Satan, I mean, I'm a spiritual, non-denominational spiritual, but I and that's yeah. a whole another conversation. Like, right. I don't know if you saw my Christian article, my article about Christian music on my website. I think I did. Yeah. That I mean that I I I'm not here to stomp on anyone. I yeah. think that hardcore Christians, you know, I'm gay. I think of hardcore Christians that don't think that I should die. You know. You, if you think I should die and not exist, no, <laughs> sorry, that's, yeah, that's yeah, not you, obviously. No, right, yeah, but, yeah. but I love, I love everybody. So you know, everybody. Christian, yeah. I pre we yeah. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Humanity appreciates that. Um, keeping the God thing on the tip of my tongue, but real quick, talking about how why is that positive feeling that is in Christian music only available in Christian music? Why, why? And that's going to what you're saying was we've we've yeah. got we've let go of God. We've let go of self, you know, religion, spirituality, higher than oneself in the mainstream. And that wasn't always that way. Right. But you're right. We have moved and and all are, we're trying to just get balance. Right. We need both. We need both as a human. We need dark and light. But you're right. The darkness is now glamorized beyond way beyond where it should be. So the Lil Nas X thing, 
I love Old Town Road. Okay, I love that. It was weird that it was like a minute and a half and it hit the top of the charts and that all of a sudden he's gay. Amazing for the movement. Amazing for yeah. gay rights and visibility. I mean, the blood in the sneakers thing, right? Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. so that whole Montero thing, like, I guess it's... I can't say don't make that kind of art because you can make whatever art you want. Yeah. It's just... And then the video, for, like, I think it's the Call Me By Your Name video or... Something. I don't know. Whatever that video yeah. is where they're dancing naked. They're dancing naked in the jail. Like, I get that we want to bring gay stuff to the to make gay make gay okay like in the mainstream i love that but yeah. we don't need 10 naked guys dancing in a in a prison locker room like the the the, 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 the that's where i'm saying this is not a cartoon this is not fake we're literally putting images of people we're like sexualizing prison we're like because there's a whole like gay thing around prison and prison rape prison sex like that's a deep real problem and they are kind of making fun of it that's what i think right yeah he's kind of making fun of it yeah and that's like immoral that's irresponsible to society sorry nas x like you are very talented but the messages that you're putting out have now crossed over from freedom to express yourself into irresponsible influencing society right yeah yeah uh it does need to be changed, you know, and uh, we need to find some way how to do that without, um, well, hell, yeah, we we just need to find some way how to do that, you know? We need people to do what I'm doing. Yeah, just, I mean, I, I yeah. can't do it by myself. Right. I'm not even trying to claim that I'm the only one. People all around the world are waiting for someone to speak up and start it, and I'm going to start it. Right. Exactly. Yes. And, I'm, I, 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 and I'll be right there with you, you know, with, you know whatever you... Uh, need for us to do we will we'll try our best to help you with it and yeah so let's just get we just need everybody to, to look more of the positive side and less the uh evil and satan side but uh going back to what you said about old town road i love this also i think that's a great like like i do love conflict um uh, uh well what's it called when they work together like different mm-hmm. artists Huh? Collaboration. Yes, thank you. I couldn't find a word. Collaboration. Old Town Road is is great, you know, and it's a as these kids call it, it's a bop today, you know. That's all. <laughs> I had a conversation with another podcaster about the word bop. Yeah, yeah. Because my co-host says that a lot. I'm like, what the hell is a bop? Because I'm 43. I I just turned 43. I have no credibility on his on his on his new language here <laughs> so i have to help have him help me with it he's like 10 years younger than me so he knows all about it but um have you heard of the uh um florida georgia line and the uh and the, the nelly compilation um you know working from together? a few from several years ago yes yeah that, i love what? that yeah i love it when when rap artists and anybody get together because it sounds so amazing you know so i do i love there's a little country in me. It hasn't really come out yet, but there's oh, a yeah. little twang in the way yeah. that I say some words and sing sometimes. Like, yeah. I'm an American boy. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. And I love I love the heart of country music. I, I don't love, personally, the actual sonic sound of, like, the guitars and stuff they use, mm. but I love the heart that's yeah. in it and mashing it up with hip-hop. The it's beats like, of hip-hop and country yes. chords and chords and melodies because country is very major key right yeah usually oh, yeah, right yeah, yeah. and i'm very major key hip-hop is not so right the mashup is great but it blends so well together and it's like this should not be able to be to sound as good but it does for some reason right and it's great you know um yeah because our country is, is embedded in my soul you know because my mom and dad uh, raised me up as a as a yeah, love country and, and i just found out my, my sister she loves country also, so we got one on her. So, um, so, uh, so let's talk about more about you, music though. Uh, I've listened to a couple of songs, and I'm going to bring up the one that I love. And uh, but first, I want to ask you this: uh, Are would you consider yourself a one man band, or do you have other other um, friends helping you create this music? Like, like. Like what I'm essentially asking is, are you the, like the sole member of the band, or, um, 
Yeah, I can answer that. Okay. I I am I am for the public image, I'm the sole member of the band. I'm a solo act. Okay. But Boomerang, that was a that was actually so I, I'm it's me and a producer. It's always me and one other person, at least for now. I'd yeah. love to get it to the point where I can have musicians, but uh, Boomerang 35, Riptide, a couple only only a few songs, but the my best sounding songs on Spotify that are out there are me me I create a demo I produce produce a demo on my computer and then I I don't know how to make it sound radio ready right. so I send that to my producer we work on it they make it sound like it like boomerang sounds like it did I'm going to Mike Rogers did boomerang he brought it from the demo of boomerang is on is on Spotify okay. so you can hear you can hear where it started from and where it got to uh he produced the vocals and mixed groove is in the heart that song by yes. Dallas Dallas yeah. no yeah. Uh, yeah 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 yep D- yep Dallas okay so he was involved with that that was that was um that's his biggest so far I think sorry Mike I think that's true but either way <laughs> he worked he created this incredible product that you hear in Boomerang and he's ha- he's he's half of the production it's me he he's not he's not playing with me on stage right he's not part of the band he's someone I hire or. He's someone I hire to make it sound like it is. So yeah, yeah. the bottom end of the day, it's just me. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, that's 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 amazing that you say that because um, you know, like I wanted to talk to you about is is, is Boomerang, and uh, you created it in 2017 according to your uh, bio, and I I believe oh. that this is your only um single from 2017 or 2020 or like do I have that wrong? <laughs> so I took I put my music up and down so many times in the last 10 years <laughs> okay so i would get discouraged that something wasn't working and i would take it down i'd be like this is this doesn't work this didn't work it's a failure which is a whole separate thing that i'm learning about how my my life went for the most of my life that i'm working on so i lost track of like when exactly i released stuff but what you see on the website and what you see on spotify is accurate that's historical okay. moving okay. forward right, so yeah. i couldn't tell you what i produced what i released year by year but that's why i put them in albums because all the all the albums are based on era they are together they are from the same time period they are from the same thought process same period of my life right all the track all the tracks on any album are like that which is something that i think has been lost and we're heading back to but like again the album has been lost over the past 10 years it's all about a single and then just single 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 but telling a story left the mainstream and yeah all of my albums are concept albums and they will always be concept albums nice i mean i love stories you know within within um, um or message or something along it doesn't have to be a story per se but a consistent concept okay. so you you were in new york or like brooklyn when, when you wrote boomerang right Yes. So, um, so how was living in New York? Because I hear, I hear from from like <laughs> another friend that, that it's it's somewhat New York is some kind of like a like a trap per se. You never want to leave. You ne- all everybody lives there. Says I never want to leave. It's like all, all, all and, I, and uh, I hear from a friend that that they they say it's like New York is set up for you not to ever leave there. For some weird re- reason, did you feel like that that that's the same thing for you, or like did you like I gotta get out of here, man? <laughs> I don't I don't know you're great, but uh, you, you know to be to be there forever. I don't know, you know. Yeah, I think my answer is yes. That you are. It's also people that go to New York are a certain type of people. Okay. So you want to get trapped there. You want oh. to spend the rest of your life there, okay. right? You yeah. want, at least most of the people that I, this is just my educated opinion on what I've seen. Unless there's somebody who like, I mean, I'm just theorizing this now. Most people go to New York because they feel like they want more out of life. Whether it's business, whether it's music and art, whatever it is, whether it's society, whether it's status, they go there because they want more. They're not happy where they are. Right. Yeah. So if you go, if you're not happy where you are and you want to go to New York, Yes, the trap thing applies. If you are happy where you are and you need to go to New York for something specific, it's easy to like go and know you're not going to stay and come back. Right. But yes, I went 
thinking I would be there for my entire life. <laughs> Forever. Um, yeah. But it's interesting. The trap is both the appeal and also you got to, there's two P two. There's, there's two types of people that live in New York, wealthy and poor. There's no in between, right there. There is, but, but there's really not. There's like, there's like the artist class that hasn't made it like how I lived the entire time. I never had a dollar to my name the entire time I lived there. I never paid rent on time at once, maybe twice. I never held, I had, I had a lease in my name, maybe two or three years, four years total out of the nine that I was there. I was on food stamps for a period of time. I was on Medicaid for most of the time. Like I was that starving artist in New York. So my experience is different, although I understand the height the, the heights of New York. You know, if, if you have money, you have a different 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 experience in New York. If right. you don't have money, you have a different experience that's that's fun, but it's just completely different. So if you I got tired of in my personal growth, I got tired of roommates. <laughs> I can't stand roommates, dude. Roommates is like, oh my god. Yeah, I never but, wanted yeah. I never, I never wanted roommates ever again in my life after my first apartment in Pitts, in Pittsburgh. I had my own place in Pittsburgh, and it was at five hundred dollars for like a thousand or two, like a thousand square feet. It was awesome. I was like, great, this is what I can do for my life. And then I realized in New York, there's just no, there's just there's no way you can start without with room without roommates unless you are wealthy already. Okay. Right. So I did the roommate thing obviously and then in 2018 2019 I was like getting I was starting to accept the fact that I might not be here forever that I might not want to that it's okay to that it's not a failure right I thought I would was failing which is a big a big theme in my life um that I'm that I'm learning that I'm working through in therapy that I it's either success or failure there's no in between but I know there is now but it was like I wanted to. I kind of for the last three years I was in New in Brooklyn in New York. I barely went to Manhattan. I was at this bar. I was at a bar every day from like five p.m. to like four a.m. Starting to do drugs, and but the, this mind you, this is a group of artists. So at the same time, I feel like I'm starting to get closer to my people. At the same time, I'm developing drug and alcohol addiction. Um, right. The last three years, I was very. I, I just stayed in my neighborhood, basically. I was working on music, but I wasn't growing anymore. And this is what I realized. The more, the further I get away from it, the more I realize what I was doing. But in the in the early 2019, I decided, like, okay, it's okay. I can I can leave New York. <laughs> it's still going to be here. I'm still going to be me. I'm not going to lose anything. I'm only going to gain my peace of mind back, and I'll be able to aff like afford a life, maybe. So I was trapped for a while and you have to, how tired you have to like decide if you're tired of being living in poverty, literally living in poverty, even though you're paying $1,200 a month for rent, you're living in poverty because you don't have any extra money. Right. You, you, you still can't really afford to live a comfortable life. That's what the word poverty is. Such, and food stamps are like such a cringy thing, but most artists live in that. And I think a lot of artists accept that as just a, I know for a fact, lots of artists that I ran into accept that as the only way of life, which that's disturbing to me because yeah. I know that's not the only way of life. I grew up upper middle class. Right. So I know there's nice things in life. I know how well, how nice life can be. I'm very happy that I went through the, through the pro, through the experience that I did of learning the value of a dollar. I really like learned the value of a dollar in New York. I learned that most of the world lives differently, lives under in on the poverty line, seeing how all the different ethnicities live and and exist. That was an incredible experience that I couldn't get anywhere else. That opened up my mind. That removed my prejudice that I had as a white kid growing up. I was never racist, but definitely was prejudiced. And I think the value that I got out of New York is was that I learned about the music business. I learned about society. I learned about real estate. Oh my God, I learned about real estate. Um, those three things. Learned the value of a dollar, so society, socioeconomics, and the music industry. And I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I was ready to go and I was ready to go. Mm. And now, 
I'm doing everything I I'm taking everything I learned there and I've been packing it into this last couple of years especially this last year only the last six months I mean even when I released the song 35 which was only six months ago I wouldn't be where I am in the position now to like launch I ha- I'm like turnkey right now if, if, a, if somebody came and found me and dropped 50 grand on me I would be able to compete I would be out there I, I have everything ready to go it's just finding that funding is where I'm at but I wouldn't even be there if I didn't have all this experience behind me right yeah well yeah, that's um, yeah, because well, Firefly. Oh, okay. So you said you 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 uh, you stayed at an apartment with four five hundred bucks, right? In Pittsburgh. Okay, okay. That was in Pittsburgh. Not, not in New York. Yeah. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, because uh, New York is definitely definitely expensive. One of the most expensive places there is, right? Yep. If not the yeah. Oh, uh, the I'm the the least I paid was seven hundred dollars for. A room with no windows and it's just a skylight. It was a glorified closet. I paid seven hundred dollars. I was only there for a month. Seven hundred. Um, oh my god, man. But I I paid average a thousand dollars. I paid up to fifteen hundred. But these are like that's like the bottom. <laughs> right. That's the bottom, the bottom of the barrel. Right. I live. Yeah. I lived in a in a law. Lo- I lived in three different lofts, two separate buildings, but three different lofts lofts with groups of people. And the last one I lived in didn't have heat, like the typical artist like thing illegal warehouse loft that's off the record off off the books doesn't exist but there was no heat and i was like huh this is a little bit too much for me but that's i pay i was paying fifteen hundred dollars maybe it was thirteen hundred dollars to live in this amazing artist like for the space is amazing but there's no heat oh my god so that's like i tried I, i bought like a kerosene cannon thing like that you can get at Home Depot which is dangerous and dirty but I was like I'm going to try and make this work. I, I I ended up leaving anyway because the right. guy the guy that had the lease we butt heads. So anyway, I lived that full on starving artist lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, New York is for a lot of people but it definitely isn't for for <laughs> me or you I I I would say confidently. But, uh, I would live there. I would live there if I needed. I would live there seasonally. Like I would live there, short term for work right. now. But that's it. Seasonally, I think that that uh, December would be amazing time to live there. You know, Christmas and everything. You know, the, yeah, it, it is. It is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, um, so um, you and I met on Podmatch, and I just want to give a big, big shout out to Podmatch because without Podmatch, 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 I would never have met you. Which um, thankfully you you contacted us. But uh, one thing in your pod match um, uh, page that you said is uh, uh, you are a mental health advocate for mental health. And I want to dive deep in that one because this podcast is built around awesome. mental health and music. Music yes. does so much good things for your soul, for your body, for your mind. And with me, anytime I listen to music, if I'm depressed, it kicks me right back out. Of depression, right? And I hope to hope the guy that does the same thing for you. So, when you, uh, I've he- I've heard that writing is the uh, maximum stress relie- reliever for most artists. You know, you you write out your feelings and stuff. Oh, okay. yeah. So, so I guess when, whenever you feel depressed, do you go immediately to? Obviously, go to music first. But um, besides that, what other opportunities um, do you have to to get that depression out of you? Do you do you write more songs, or do you say, "Hey, this, you know, let let me just go to music right now"? So I, this is two factor answer. So I have learned my best work, and I'm going to say any human's best work comes naturally and not sit down and write. Correct. Um, yeah. So when I, there's two things when I'm, when I'm, there's the proactive writing where I'm like, it doesn't have to be depression, but anything, anything that's buzzing around my mind will have, I've learned that if something is strong enough and buzzing around my mind, it will eventually come out of my mouth in a melody. 
It will. I'll just be making dinner, making breakfast. It's usually like when I'm making food. Honestly, <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> it's so yeah. funny. Yeah. It's like when you're in the singing in the shower, right? I love singing in the shower. I'm not good, it's but when, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The reason that people get great ideas when they're in the shower or doing something mindless, which I have quotes for the people that are listening, doing yeah. something mindless, your mind is let like you're less a mind so only thing that you have going for you is the spirit and the soul you're completely open to god source whatever you want to call that non-physical energy that gives us creativity mm. inspiration yeah so whenever i'm i'm in that fa- state of mind most of the time i've learned how to just live in that so i'm open to to downloads of 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 consciousness of thought of ideas all the time and then when it mixes with my day-to-day goings on a song will come out so yeah if i'm something is if something is like pressing on my brain it will come out in a melody and i'll be like oh crap that's really good i'll be like i literally be like yes. my tire my tire was flat today my tire was flat today my tire was i'll be like oh my god i'm singing a really good song and i'll write it down good good and that so that's how it comes that's how my songwriting process starts which doesn't have to do with depression directly but that's part of it when I am anxious, highly anxious or depressed, I usually will will write um, because there is, I mean, I'm very in touch with my feelings and thoughts. I can vocalize them. I can describe them. I can think about them. I over-process them a lot, which I'm learning to not do, but that is a given where it's, yes, it's like if I have, it's crippling. If there's a crippling depression or crippling anxiety where I can't go on with my day, then I will get it out. I will try to get something out or I will sleep um, in the past drugs and alcohol, but that's not healthy. Oh, man. No, no, um, not. but that's something that I would do. Right. Yeah. Uh, depression. Just trying to get back to the question. Yeah. What was the question again? Exactly. Do you go to writing as your first oh. outlet or, or strictly listening to music? Okay, so yeah, no, I will go. There's a song that I, there's an album by the band called Safety Suit. There's a band called Safety Suit that was on a label. They are Christian leaning. They are Christian, but like they really did a good job not being overtly Christian in their music, um, which made it really relatable for me. They say God enough, but Mm -hmm. it's, but it's fine for me to consume. It's not like yeah. get down on your knees and praise God. Right, it's right. like they just use, yeah. they use it. It's there, right? Yeah, it's yeah. there. And there's this this album, believe, let go, whatever. Their second album has mm. I put that on, and I have been using that album for ten, fifteen years as like my go to album. When when I don't want to write anymore or I got my stuff out and I can't shake it, that's what I go to. So yeah, I would say I don't know what's first. It's just however I feel like whatever's whatever's happening. I'll I will definitely write a little bit, but I will lean on my tried and true like dep- albums that are they're like depression sponges. Right. They allow me to feel the negativity, process it, but also like not shame myself. It's like the, the 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 them specifically their album specifically their their music, and there's only a few like they are ultra pop for good. They are my original. Yeah. Holy crap! I didn't know music like this existed. Right. And well, that that's when I was saying they were on a major label, and then every album they got a little more forthright with their positivity, and they were eventually just I don't know if they were dropped, but that it ended, and now they've kind of been defunct for a while. I'd love to hear music from them. Um. But I have a couple albums like that that I can go to that are my healing in the moment grounding albums. Right. Nice. And it is albums. It's albums. It's like this. I know I have an hour of music with when I put this on. Not, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I mean, depression can be more of a it's a well, it's, it's not kind of it's it's a big nuisance. You know, I mean, to future here, um, you know, like like. Stuff, stuff going on around here that's not good for anybody, but um, I do have a question that I, I just thought of since you since you mentioned God in your last um, statement. Um, now I I don't know if you know this band, so I'm going to ask you politely. Politely, have you heard the band Under Oath? Of course. Okay, so my friend Blake, my co-host, he loves Under Oath. Okay, but he said 
that they were once a Christian man are a Christian man no longer. And he thinks that the that okay, so I think I think that he thinks that the uh, you know members come in and come in go you know, so I don't mm-hmm. think there's more of a like a Christian um, way of life for them anymore. On the other hand, uh, it could be the label that's telling them not to do that anymore. Can I get your thoughts on that? It could be okay. It could be both. I mean, it can be a lot of things. I don't know the specific story behind them. Yeah, yeah. But it it could be both, and that's just it. Right. And yeah. you'd have to you'd have to interview them. Yeah, but I yeah. think if they also people change, right? The the main people could have had you know bad experience with yeah. Christianity. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, that's that, that's another theory. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like let's let's keep him. Let's also like as a big picture idea. Let's not. I I have to do this to myself too. Just in general, as a society. Let's remember, people can change. There yes. are a lot of things that people can't change right. or don't or don't want to. But in that case, people can change, and we don't want to. It's like if you buy my, like Jay Z's line: "If you like my old stuff, buy my old album." Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna clarify further clarify this as artists change. Artists can change. We have to allow the artist to change as a human being because when People are like when fans get something that they don't like from the artist, and they say the artist sucks at that point. Mm-hmm. That I have an issue with that because it's disrespectful to the to the artist that you just love. Like you just love this artist, and now yeah. because they made something you don't like, you hate the artist. It's themselves. Like let's let's remember artists are people. Treat them like people. Right. If they're if if your dad if they were your dad and your dad all of a sudden started making different kind of cereal for you in the morning mm. would you say your dad sucks i mean you might <laughs> but you wouldn't blast you know mm. you wouldn't feel this we have we have this like entitlement that we own artists and we need to remember that we don't own the artist the artist is sharing their vision with us as a gift yeah yes you're paying for it that's a whole nother conversation on how music is like devalued right now which can which is a whole nother thing but yeah, like people, the society needs to snap back into reality that artists are real people. That's going back to the thing that like on TV, it's not a cartoon. The artist is a real person. They change. If you don't like what they're doing right now, that's fine. You have a great time. You have a great memories with what they made for you from their, but from what you got from them in the earlier time, move on, find a new artist, find new music. Don't talk, don't talk shit on the artist because they don't, they did something you don't like. Right, right. Um, so, like I said before, you have um, six albums. Yeah, six fully albums. Um, I, I, wow. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just gonna go through them real fast. Uh, Life as a Student in twenty in twenty thirteen. The chocolate. Wait, the, f- the first one was. Did the first one there the Human Link twenty ten twenty eleven? No. Um, the human the human link twenty eleven. Okay. Thank you for that, because because Apple Apple Music doesn't have that for some reason. Oh, they might not have taken it because of the stupid metadata, and this all was okay. uploaded as another artist, and oh, like okay. blah blah blah. I'm oh. gonna look into that. Actually, okay. I'm gonna write a note. Thank okay. you. No problem. Okay, so um, it's the Human Link. That's the first album. Um, from what I gather, it's gonna be um, Life of a Student 2013, and the Chocolate album, which is also released on 2013, All the Right Places 2014. Daylight Animal 2015, Sprout 2016, and Feeling High 2017. Which of those albums that I just listed off was the uh, hardest album to make for you? Or the easiest one? Well, what's hard? Hard, okay, for me, hard would be like the longest that you had to write for the album. Okay. That, that, that would be my definition of a hard album. I think... Well, it's either the Human Link because that one was the first one I ever did. That's when I was just starting to produce music by my produce music period, right. write and produce. But that was like in a studio, and I'm not really gonna count that one. But that okay. one was I haven't done anything like that since because I wasn't paying rent. Oh yeah. yeah. So I could afford to pay for this 
production value that I couldn't afford to once I moved to New York, which right. is why all the other albums sound differently and why my newer stuff, why I took a break from producing because I was tired of not getting that sound. The only way I was going to get that sound was by paying money and I couldn't do the same thing. Blah, blah, blah. There you go. Vicious cycle. Okay. <laughs> right. So I would say out of those albums, I'm just going to, I'm going to say probably my like most, my deepest connection is probably daylight animal okay. because that's where I really started to dig into the spirituality of things and share it through the music. There is a little bit of toxic positivity in that era, right? but, but that album is like a found was like a big turning point in the first time I was talking about spiritual topics in a way that was somewhat consumable. I mean, I've moved even gotten even better at like masking these concepts because right. I have to mask them for the mainstream which is which is fine I'm up for this challenge I'm I'm excited to be able to like I'm like tricking people into upgrading their lives I'm 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 I am subconsciously what's it called something messaging um, subliminally putting these positive messages in this music right um, and daylight animal was the beginning of that nice nice good very good um, okay, so you have one request for me before we let you go. Uh, thank you for taking into our hour long hour long um, podcast episode for us. But uh, okay, so okay, so this might be the hardest question you I've I've ever um, asked you today. <laughs> I could be wrong. But, okay, <laughs> so um, right now, are you able to tell me either your the artist song or album? That you can listen to right now, but you cannot tell me how it makes you feel on the inside. Like, you can't tell anybody how it makes you feel. It's so deeply ingrained in your soul. Yeah. Is it, a, is it like a, is it specifically like a newer one? Like one of my latest favorite albums or just ever? Anything. You're, you're like, like your number one go-to song that you can't tell me how it makes you feel inside. Damn. Oh my god. I have so many of those. <laughs> I mean, my number one song is Will You Be There by Michael Jackson. That is my number one song and I'm l actually realizing through through therapy and all I'm discovering is that I have been asking the questions that Michael's asking in that song my whole life. Will you be there? Hold me like the River Jordan. Tell me you're my friend because I've been starved of love most of my life. Like true, true, consistent, unconditional love I've been starved of. And that song, every time I listen to it, in these past couple of months when I listen to it, I real I just listened to it like two months, two weeks ago for the first time in a while and I cried because I'm like, holy crap, this is my life. This is like my my life narrative. So it makes sense why it's me, that it's the, it's the answer that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's perfect. The perfect answer. I didn't. Yeah, I know you can't explain it to, to us. How it makes you feel. And that's great. That's that's the perfect answer I wanted. So uh, yeah. Great. So thank you very much for that one. And uh, and I'm sure that you know. I mean, was that the hardest question today? No. no? I mean, okay. I, okay. I don't. I feel like I'm so prepared. I've okay. known myself yeah. my whole life. I come to this music thing differently than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, right. Because I come. 100% genuine so I know everything inside of me and I'm willing to talk about it and say it good most, most artists have a wall have a filter that they need to do either for their label or for themselves because they have a brand to uphold yeah. my brand is me and and there's nothing off limits just so like us <laughs> I, and I don't have to think about anything yeah. it's just whatever is there right if you ask me to do a math problem no <laughs> right <laughs> but, but if you ask me about myself or music no hesitation right Right. Awesome. Awesome. So for our listeners listening on this episode or, or, or our YouTube channel, guys, um, you can go to channelwine.com and uh, get all of the information there. Um, I think you have a shop you can buy merchandise with for, right? Yep. All right. And we're yep. selling shirts yep. and shoes and not what I, I got, shoes, but I got everything. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm ready to launch. I'm ready to get, I'm ready to get that next level. Nice. Nice. So you can visit them on, uh, on TikTok, yes, TikTok, everywhere, right? yeah, everywhere. Yep. So just go to chatthewine.com, 
And check him out, y'all. He's, he's great. I mean, I'm doing, he's doing wonderful things. And I can't wait for him to do more. And is there any new albums or uh, songs to expect in the future? Yeah. February 15th, yes. Dark Nights. Ooh. It's a song about addiction. Okay. And especially in the music industry because of all this people dying all the time and we glamorize it and then they die and then it's like oh what happened we know what happened we've been yeah. watching them die in front of us yeah so yeah. let's fix that so that's coming out february 15th it's going to be i did a whole photo shoot i had a i had designed a costume i had a custom cloak fabricated like it's next level february 15th nice dark nice. nights well, we at Windward Show um, do appreciate you coming on, and uh, we could we can help you with whatever you need. Um, you just thank you us. for having me on so much. This was a very pleasant interview, and I love your energy. So thank you. Thank you, sir. And for everybody else listening to us right now, um, until next time, Windward Show Music Speaks. Bye, guys. Information there. Um, I think you have a shop you can buy merchandise with for, right? Yep. All right. And we're yep. selling shirts yep. and shoes and not what I got. Shoes, but. I got everything. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm ready to launch. I'm ready to get, I'm ready to f- get that next level. Nice. Nice. So you can visit them on, uh, on TikTok. Hopefully. Yes. TikTok. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yep. So just go to tedthewine.com and check him out. Y'all, he's, he's great. I mean, I'm doing, he's doing wonderful things and I can't wait for him to do more. And is there any new albums or uh, songs to expect in the future? Yeah. February 15th, Dark Nights. It's a song about addiction. And especially in the music industry because of all this people dying all the time. And we glamorize it and then they die. And it's like, oh, what happened? We know what happened. We've been watching them die in front of us. Yeah. So let's fix that. So that's coming out February 15th. It's going to be, I did a whole photo shoot. I had a, I had designed a costume. I had a custom cloak fabricated. Like it's next level, February 15th. Nice. Dark nice. nights. Well, we at Windward Show um, do appreciate you coming on and uh, we could, we can help you with whatever you need. Um, you just Thank you for having me on so much. This was a very pleasant interview and I love your energy. So thank you. Thank you, sir. And for everybody else listening to us right now, Um, Until next time, when Word Trail Music Speaks. Bye, guys.